Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey. And I'm Dave Cohen. And today we are talking about a, I think we're going to call it a myth. And that myth is writer's block. Now, people famously talk about writer's block. It's almost as traditional as also that opposite of writer's block, which is suddenly running upstairs to your typewriter and um, bashing out a script in two hours uh, in your garret, uh, where finally what somebody said one thing and all that kind of stuff. So just as that one's not true, I don't think the writer's block one is true either. Uh, Dave, do you want to, you've written a bit about this. Do you want to say where you've written about it? And, and yeah. You know, and, and and have feel free to have a bit of a rant. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. I mean, at this stage, I'd like to just uh, ease ease you in a little bit more gently. I think it's fair to say, and I I, I do think a lot of writers, especially when you're starting out, really think I am I am blocked. You know, and and it's I get asked the same questions over and over. Um, how do I get an agent? How do I stop someone stealing my idea? Uh, am I using the correct type font is an amazingly uh, frequently yeah. asked one. Um, and we've dealt with all all by the type font one uh, on, on different episodes. But the how do I deal with uh, writer's block is is um, a thing that um, a, a lot of people do. And I wrote a book actually l last year, which I, I wrote as I started writing it when uh, just before COVID happened and, and it sort of fitted in with COVID. It was about trying to find ways to kind of uh, to, to, to kind of kickstart your writing if you're not if you're not feeling it, you know, it's so um, and then COVID came along. So it then became how to how to right when the world stops you know when everything else isn't happening and, well, when, uh, you, when you finally run out of excuses yeah so this book's called if only i had the time and it's like suddenly suddenly we were given yeah okay here's the time you know lots yeah. of people were being paid to sit at home and do nothing mm. um so now now's your chance so yeah. Um, so yeah fate god providence whatever yeah. has called your bluff yeah, exactly. Yeah. No more excuses. Mm. Um, so I thought about this uh, writer's block, and I looked looked it up um, as 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 one does in these sort of uh, researching times. One goes to Google and puts writer's block in and gets five million uh, answers. Um, but there's a sort of there's definitely there's two uh, very distinct sides. There's a sort of good cop bad cop uh, right. approach to it, really. About that, and there is the um they're kind of um you know hey come on uh sit with me and i'll explain to you why these uh, phrases aren't tumbling off the page it's not you you know it's just your it's your brain telling you you've got writer's block but you know it's okay lots of writers get writer's block you know leo tolstoy had writer's block virginia wolf she suffered from it uh, you know maybe you're being too hard on yourself you worry about being compared to other writers and you're lacking external motivation or you know you're worried about spilling your darkest secrets and uh, by the way i think all of that is true um right. and we can, we'll we'll talk about that a, a, a bit later but um you know so just as good cop is saying all that then along comes uh bad cop and uh they tell it like it is as james said in the introduction we're going to talk about the myth of the writer's yeah. block there so uh where do you stand on this james just, uh, yes just, just yeah. want to be want to be yeah. uh sure about this uh you know yeah what is writer's block? what are you talking about it's just an excuse isn't it and uh, you know i mean uh, i have never worked with a working writer um who had to hand the script in and then receive payment for it who turned up to a producer and said well actually 
I'm not. Um, I haven't been feeling it, so uh, I'm not done the script. So just just give me the money anyway. So uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so, the money um, does to some extent focus the mind. Yeah, if, if not the will. Yeah, and and so uh, you know that's a kind of the the, the sort of bad cop um, mm. side of things as well, and also. You know, you look at um, you look at someone like um, Leo Tolstoy. I mean, you know, those just just weigh Leo Tolstoy's books, and you'll know that he may have had writer's block, but you know, he sure as hell um, yeah. got through it. Managed to write one of the longest books in the history of the world. You know, on War and Peace, mm. and uh, Anna Karenina is no slouch in the on the pages yeah. side yeah. either. So, so you know. Uh, you're, you, he didn't have writer's block. He was kind of struggling to work through his idea. I think is a is a, is, a, is a better way. And I think that's actually the first thought that I would have is to is just to reframe it and don't even call it writer's block. To say, okay, I'm a, I'm struggling a bit uh, with this idea at the moment. Do you think that helps? No, definitely. I think. This has all been brought into sharp relief, and it's partly also as a result of our conversation with uh, Lisa Holdsworth, which is the last couple of episodes we've been um, talking to her. And I think the moment you start getting professional about it, um, that makes quite a big difference because in a way you're, you know, there's a process for writing soap operas and writing dramas and that kind of thing. And... You just need to figure out where you are in the process and just get on with the next thing. Um, so, so yeah, in a way, it's like sometimes you feel like what you're writing is really good and sometimes you feel like what you're writing isn't so good. But that's not it. That's not the de definitive version of it. There will be other days where you come back to it. So in the first instance, you, you know, it's this question of getting on with the next thing, whether you feel like doing it or not. Um, and that sort of just gets back to the professionalism thing, really, isn't it? And, and mm. so, yeah, we have these romantic views, which I've laid out, you know, earlier about the either the block or the romantic view of the writer in his or her garret tapping away in fingerless gloves. Um, and, you know, and that's all fine. But, you know, the romanticism of writing is fundamentally not going to help you when it comes to writing. If you want to be a professional writer or if you want to continue as a professional writer so uh so yeah i think those deadlines really do help yeah and uh, david sedaris is very interesting on this i mean he's um, he's actually a performer as well as a writer but he says the most exciting things that i write about um happen at my desk um which is a really uh if you if you know the kind of stories that David Sedaris tells, he tells very, you know, very autobiographical, you know, very, very out there. He he's totally out there in his putting, showing his uh, vulnerability and, and yeah. showing himself as, you know, I'm the bad guy. But they, these are these are stories from his life, yeah. and you sort of imagine when you're listening to him giving a monologue, you've got this idea of, you know, like if you if you're in the same family as David Sedaris, it must be a right pain because he he's sitting there in a corner with his notebook while you're having an yeah. argument. <laughs> oh, mm. blind me. Better shut up, otherwise we're mm. going to be in David's next show. Yeah. But actually, he's not. He's he's being part he's part of it he's experiencing it um and then he goes and sits at his desk and thinks oh right what was that terrible argument i had with my sister 10 years ago yeah. 
and then he sits down and he sits and sits and writes at it. So, so, so it's kind of, you know, you have to kind of, kind of accept that, that not everything um, that, that, that um, is going to happen to you is going to happen outside of that. And, and that, you know, you do have to spend a hell of a lot of time mm. sitting at your desk. And the reason you're struggling to write, I think one of the reasons is that, you know, writing is very hard. <laughs> you know, it is, I mean, it's not, it's not hard to write a shopping list. Uh, you know, it's not hard to go on to social media and write a rant about why everyone else is wrong and you're right about something. Um, Although that's hard to do well. It's easy to yeah, do it. It's hard yeah. to do it well in a way that isn't just, you know, vile or actually makes you look like a jerk. You know, you have to be quite yeah. careful how you're positioned those things, yourself in those things. But yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, I mean, sometimes I, I find... I find run for a bus and you know it's like i've got to go 50 yards in about 10 seconds and i do i'm really fast and i get to the bus and i, I get on the bus and i don't then think oh i could probably i could probably race usain bolt tomorrow i could i could mm. beat usain bolt because you know mm. it's sort of it's it's quite a long process it isn't just uh you do it once out of necessity you know it doesn't mean i'm gonna uh i'm gonna be able to um you know like next time i go out and I try and run and it doesn't work. I go, Oh, you know, I've got runner's block here. You know, what's, <laughs> what's the matter? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think also what we've, what we're tapping into as well is the fact that your feelings are extremely unreliable and therefore um, it may be, as I, I mentioned a, a moment ago, that it feels like what you're writing isn't any good, but you'd, you'd be surprised. And the stuff that you, you thought was going to be good doesn't really land as you thought it would and the the fact is you know we've probably all had those last minute um essay crises at some point in our a levels or university degrees or whatever where you had to do the last minute thing um and you got a really good mark for it because you know you just you weren't sure when you handed it in whether you'd got it right or not in the same way that there are when you write a bunch of sketches and you perform them all in front of an audience, you probably can't predict ahead of time which are the ones that are really going to take the roof off and which ones aren't. And a stand-up comedian who is honing a routine is really going to take, a really experienced one is going to take weeks and weeks running a show in and finding where the actual big laughs are. And so, again, if you have a professional uh, approach and a process, then you'll know that how you feel in the moment, whether you feel like writing or whether you feel like it's going to be funny, bears no real relation to the short-term product or the long-term product of what you're trying to achieve. So I think giving into our emotions in this, and you know, um, is is you know, spot the guy who went to um, a boarding school, but um, it it just doesn't help. Uh, so that's why I think the writer's block thing. It feels like it's sort of giving in and actually. It's just not. It's just not a useful emotion to have. I don't think. Yeah, and I think sometimes I think I think it partly comes and and I I, I got an understanding of it really um, when I decided that I wanted to write a novel um, and found myself and kind of pretty much still find myself. <clears throat> excuse me, at that place where I just 
you know, I'm, I'm starting out and nobody knows who I am and mm. I'm just writing in a, a void, really. I mean, I'm, I've, got, I've got a bit of a, I've got a bit more to go on, you know, a bit, bit of a track record, but that doesn't count for anything uh, in, in the novels world, you know. Uh, and so I can, you know, sometimes I'm sitting there and I, it just feels so far away. You know, mm. and so the idea of that the, the the idea of finishing a first draft feels as far or as far away as winning the Booker Prize. Um, whereas, right. in fact, you know, there's going to be there's, there's going to be an exponentially long, far further distance between me finishing the first draft and me going up for the Booker Prize. It's but because I know relatively little, because I don't have the experience of writing mm. novels. It's all it all it all feeds into the same place. So it's like, yeah. oh God, you know, I'm writing the first draft. What if it is so good that it could win the Booker Prize? Well, you know, I I know it's not. I know in yeah. my heart of hearts, and I know deep down it's not. But I don't have enough experience, yeah, to to be able to say, well, you know, forget the Booker Prize. Yeah, <laughs> just get that first draft. I mean, I, obviously, I have the experience from writing a sitcom. 5,000 words or whatever, or writing uh, jokes, yeah. writing an article, you know, I know that uh, I, know, I know that I'll get to the end of the first draft and I'll be able to rewrite it. But, but novels are so much further, it's so much further away. And I think, and I think on a smaller scale, you know, if you have not yet been through a, a process of having your sitcom, uh, of writing a sitcom, rewriting it, going through several redrafts, um, going through pre-production, production production and post-production, you don't have the kind of sense, you know, you're as much sitting there thinking, oh, uh, am I going to finish the finish first draft? Uh, Might it be the next 40 towers? Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of, that's what happens, I think. Yeah, I think that experience is a really good point to bring up, really, because you have also you have experiences that other people don't have which are still um so as you were speaking i was thinking about your experience of writing for have i got news for you and for writing one-liners and it feels like if you're starting out in that it just feels like oh my goodness these must be so easy to write because they're so <laughs> short um you know i could just say a one-liner in in eight seconds and i could write i could type it in 15 seconds but but you know how to pace yourself in a day of joke writing for a topical comedy show and you know there's a process of reading the papers making notes um having some ideas you know having a longer list of ideas short list of ideas uh working hard at various techniques to try and get the most out of any individual story or and so by the end of a whole day you you might only have uh i mean you might have written 40 lines 40 jokes and but you've only presented 20 of them and the producers um only really thought that eight of them are going to go through and then on the night you might hear two of them uh three might be said and two might make the edit and so you're you're you've got a you've got a pro- a process in your head for that incredibly and and so it's it's silly to say well why didn't i just write those two ones that they actually used and i could have taken the rest of the day off <laughs> But you, mm. you don't know, but nobody knows how to do that. And in the same way, a novel is, you're going to have to write a thousand words a day for about four months, uh, maybe six mm. months 
get get used to that idea because you you can't you can't do it any faster than that. You know, some people can write two and a half thousand words, and some people can only write five hundred. That's fine, but I think that's why, again, being professional, having a plan. Um, you know, there there are lots of really good. Um, motivational books and podcasts and that sort of thing to help you visualize you know this sort of thing and in my sitcom writing course that i um that i do uh that people can get a hold of if they want i'll make sure there's a link in the show notes writing your sitcom one of the things i do is to say set a date for when you're actually going to finish your script and plan to celebrate it with someone else <laughs> and suddenly you're on the hook to actually get it done by then um you know, and, and that date's going to be in the calendar and it's going to be weeks away, but you've already therefore forced yourself to slightly break your process down into smaller tasks as you would with a novel because you cannot write a novel in one sitting. That's silly. You know, mm. just like you can't make a Christmas cake in 20 minutes. You know, it's going to take you two hours and then three months of waiting or whatever it is and then a bit of feeding and a bit of then icing and all that kind of other stuff. That's how you do it. But just to pick you uh, pick you up on that, though, um, uh, and you talked earlier about the myth of um, you know the sketch that it wrote itself. Um, yeah. That that one. But you must have had this, um, you know, in in the room with uh, Milton, for instance, um, in the yeah. same way we have with Have I Got News. And you do yeah. you sit there and you're reading through piles of research, and you're saying, oh, here's an idea, maybe the the the, and then. Out of the blue, somebody says, doo -doo 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 and that yeah. it comes out, the yeah. words come out exactly as the presenter will say them. Yeah. And, and so it does, ha it does happen, yeah. but it's the idea that it happens in isolation, the idea that you just uh, come up with them. Um, and in fact, some of my best jokes when I was a stand-up um, occurred while I was on stage and I'd, I'd be doing a joke huh. and I'd think of a funnier punchline. I'd said, having said the joke 10, 15 times and got a perfectly decent yeah. laugh for it, I'd then think of a topper and then, yeah. oh, got a big laugh. And, and yeah. it became, that became, oh, that's, a, I found an end. To, this is now a routine and it's, it's got an end rather than sort of three or four jokes. And, um, uh, but, you know, it was, it was the, all the all the hard work of writing it in the first place and trying it and, and editing it and doing it again and doing it again and again and then sudden and then being relaxed enough on stage to say it and come out with it so 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 yes when people when people say oh the the reason it's good you know it makes it look makes it look easy or you watch a stand-up mm. comedian and you think you think they've just made it up they sound so natural yeah. And that's 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 the the really really hard work has gone in to make it sound like it's natural. So again, when you're at that early starting out stage, it feels so stilted compared mm. to what what you're aiming for. And so you just think, how can I possibly get from here where I am? I, I'm just not going to make it. Well, you 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 won't immediately, but it, it's going to take you. a hell of a long time but yeah that's putting those hours in yeah yeah and yeah it is a question of breaking it down and using each session to achieve one particular thing um we i can't i think we spoke maybe at the beginning of the year about uh cal newport's uh deep work or one of his digital minimalism or so cal newport's a productivity guy he's a 
sort of a businessy academic uh, in Georgetown University, I think, in in Washington DC. Very sensible uh, bloke, and the thing he's often said that stays with me is how you, and I think I've subconsciously done this, you know, get some exercise. So go uh, after lunch or whatever, go for a walk, but take a problem for a walk. <laughs> and the problem is not an existential problem of um, why am I, what, what is my next sitcom going to be about? That's probably a bit much, but may, maybe that's fine. But actually it's like, if you've encountered a problem, which is, I don't quite know what's motivating um, my character, Susie. Um, Susie is, feels a bit flat. I don't know what her beef is with, the, with, with my protagonist. Then just think about that for sort of mm. 15, 20 minutes as you go for a walk. And, it, and, and I used to occasionally take a problem for a swim uh, in the days when I used to go swimming um and that all the covid blew all that away and then my membership ran out and i didn't particularly want to you know now i just go for a walk instead which is less humiliating all round um and i get to look at more trees uh, i don't know i've seen some of the some of the hills round where you are yeah. Gosh. yes there are some but also i'm right by the levels as well so um yeah. it's a it's a, it's it's a county of contrasts dave true um, it's count, the true. county of somerset mm. um but um uh but yeah i think it's a question of breaking it down and just thinking oh i suppose i better do my thing okay what i'm going to do in this thing is i'm going to and i did this i think yesterday or the day before i thought I need some work plots for this character. So I'm just going to spend 15, 20 minutes coming up with 10. And five of them will probably be boring. But actually five of them might be interesting. So, you know, just little make make a list. And you said earlier about making a shopping list is easy. It, it kind of is easy. But make a just make a list of what your character could do in any given episode. And you'd be surprised at what, and one of those ideas might turn out, you might surprise yourself and take it for a walk um, and then maybe stop, have a break, do something else and come back to it tomorrow. I mean, it depends on whether you're spending two, two hours on your idea or 15 minutes on your idea. But I think you get a law of diminishing returns after two hours, unless you're actually in production writing scripts and you really do only have five days to write the script. Um, I'm finding that, I tend to spend two hours on a project and then I will move on to another one and maybe write an article before lunch. And, you know, and then after lunch, I'm doing things like recording podcasts, um, which is the early wise of the podcast world. There. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I'm, when I've finished my hard work, I'll just go off and write an article. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, yeah, that, but that, it's, of, uh... you're using different muscles though, aren't you? You're yeah. Sort of, no, um, it's, um, but if because because I think that's the sense of I spoke to a writer the other day who was just obviously completely overwhelmed by the idea of writing a sitcom. They knew it was something they wanted to do, but and even though they're actually doing my course and have been given a step by step guide, as it were, it just still feels completely overwhelming. And you know, so th that is understandable. How do you go from a blank page to thirty pages of a script? Um, that you know, that is a steep learning curve. Yeah. I, I think so. And, and yeah, you talk about um, Cal Newport. And mm. at the same time, I was talking about um, James Clear, 
Mm. And the book I was reading while you were reading Deep Work, I was reading uh, uh, Atomic Habits, which yep. I, I think lots and lots of people have read now. Um, but the the idea that you can, you know, if you can just do a little bit of writing every day, and I know we've discussed this, and you know, you don't you you don't write on Sunday, but I mean, I. I write at the weekend, you know, but I'm not writing about work stuff. I'm just writing right. about general things. But I mean, to, to write every day, and even if it's just, uh, you know, you don't know what you're writing, let's say, but, you know, watch a, watch a sitcom and write down your thoughts about it. That's writing. That doesn't, when you say write every day, we don't mean, you know, uh, create your magnum opus, um, yeah. put, write another thousand words of your novel. I mean, obviously, you have to do that at some point, but but it is that getting into the habit. And if you can pick have a have the same time every day where you go and you sit down. And I mean, I prefer pen and paper. Just it's just there's no distractions. You know, if you're writing mm. on your distractor machine, um, yeah. phone or phone or laptop, you know, it's very easy to just oh, just check the emails. At twenty minutes later, there goes your writing time. But mm. um, it's the turning up and and doing it and so if you can develop that habit you will find that actually when it comes to actually saying let's say you're doing that thing with Jay, that james says you know you've got a you've got a you've given yourself a deadline you've given yourself six weeks in advance or whatever to 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 write the script you know you've done all the preparation well now you know, you, you're in the habit of having turned up every day. Mm. Um, and and you don't, you kind of don't want to break that habit, really, do you? You know, it's a, yeah. good, it's a good habit to get into. And it's, it's, yeah. it's quite exciting, you know, you kind of look forward to it. Um, and that's, that's part of the thing is, is reframing the things that seem so difficult is to kind of, is to look forward to them. And, and uh, you know, to look at something that seems like a problem, like you say, you go for a walk. Um, and actually, it's not really a problem, is it, in, to, in the great scheme of the world, you know. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fun. It's a fun problem. It's like Nobody's you, asking you to address our balance of payments as a nation or anything like that. Nobody's yeah. asking you to solve the housing crisis. Yeah. Um, pay, pay my energy bill <laughs> this yes, month. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is that um, you know it's kind of um, that that turning turning up every day and doing stuff. I think is really yeah. uh, is really important. Yeah, that, brother. That is episode uh, one eight three called "The Secrets of Comedy Writing Success." I think we might have over egged. Oh right. <laughs> um, but the, the the blurb says, "Work deep, build habits." Yeah. So I think. That's what we're advocating. So, because yeah, going back to our my overall motif of this episode is that if we romanticise writing, literally romanticising it, if we become romantic about it, we're, we we are going to be slaves to how we're feeling at any one given time. And unfortunately, um, being a professional, if you want to be a professional, uh, means having to turn up and do it whether you feel like it or not, hmm. and finding a way of making that work. Um, so. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the kind of way in which we're gonna, which we're combating this idea of writer's block is, um, just do the next thing. And... I, I sort of quite like that title actually, I was gonna say, cause uh, I think it is, you know, too often people think, oh, how do I become a, 
successful writer, well, you need to understand plot and character and story, blah, blah, blah. But actually, there's a whole load of stuff, you know, you need to do before that. You need to kind of get into the correct mental space, I think, Mm. to be doing it. And I think... I, I don't so much call it um, writer's block as uh, unrealistic expectations, I think, really. I think right. we, that's what happens too often. And, and I've been aware of it with my my novel writing. And, you know, only last week I worked out that I need to rewrite the opening two chapters of this book that I first novel I put out a year and a half ago almost. And I just know that it's going to make it a lot better. And I'm kind of kicking myself that it was there all the time and someone had even suggested it to me before it went out they said oh you should oh, put this that's bit annoying <laughs> it is and we had a really long debate about it and then in the end i said i was persuaded not to put it at the beginning and now i just think thought it it's the funny thing at the very beginning it's funnier than the quite cute introduction it's a funny opening and so that's really annoying but i kind of you know, it, it took me a year and a half after the thing was bloody written to even come to that decision. And that's, you know, uh, that's the typical kind of novice yeah. sort of approach. Whereas when I put it out there, I thought, hmm, Booker Prize. No, I didn't think Booker Prize. I know I'm not going to win the Booker Prize because it's, it's, uh, they don't give them to books like that anyway. But no. best selling author, anyway, I had that yeah. fantasy, you know, even though I was being realistic. And I guess we, we have it still, James, you know, oh, I'm going to sell a sitcom script Yeah. now. You know, you always, when you're in in it, you do have that, those kind of slightly, unre- well, hopefully more realistic ideas, yeah. but sometimes but, those fantasies keep you going, don't they? Yeah, but they're not, but the thing is, in one sense, they are fantasies, but in another sense, they are, um, they're necessities because you could become a best-selling author um, but until you write a novel, you stand a zero chance of being a best-selling author. Once yes. you've written a novel, you stand a 0.5% chance. Oh. Once you've written a second novel, particularly we've spoken about this as well on previous podcasts, once you've got that first novel out of your system that you were convinced was going to make you a millionaire because uh, it was your story, then you can get on with the business of you know actually writing a novel. And I've written a first novel as well called Crossword Ends in Violence, which I in hindsight, probably don't particularly recommend, but um, it's quite, it's got, it's got some fun things in it, but it's, you know, thinking back. And if I wrote a novel again, and I, I have been writing a novel, which I've had to stop because I've got some other more pressing work that might actually pay me some money uh, come in. So I need to sort of focus on that um, because it would be irresponsible not to do that. But the fact is, it could easily be your third novel that suddenly you find your voice and you find an audience and those last, but you would never have written your third novel without the first two in the same way that you would never have written that really good. Have I got news for you joke? Mm. If you haven't sat there all day and written 38 terrible ones. And there's, um, I remember we spoke to uh, a producer who said that there's a writer he's worked with who literally cannot tell whether his jokes are amazing or awful. Um, and he is amazed that this writer cannot tell how awful the awful ones are. Um, because, I'm laughing, you know, thinking of the many hours I've spent in the room with said person. Said person, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but it's, but in a way, it's like you, you do have to stick at it 
um, because no no one, you know, overnight success is so rare that when mm. it does happen and you dig into it, you discover that it hasn't happened. Um, you know, mm. Miranda was an overnight success. Oh, apart from being a lead character in two series of Hyperdrive written by Andy Riley and Kevin Cecil. And, and not going having out. been a regular character in Not Going Out. Yeah. And having been in episodes of Lead Balloon and a bunch of other sitcoms and having been in series three of Smack the Pony, you know, so it's, you know, it, it, it these kind of, again, it's the romance of writing is mm. fighting you every inch of the way um, because you want to be that one in a million. Um, but be a one in a million, but just reduce the odds. So it's one in a thousand. Yeah. And the longer you go, the, the smaller the odds get or the more roles you get. You know, if you want to win the lottery, I, I listened to a um, really interesting story. Uh, or no, I read it. I think I read it in The Atlantic or something. Again, I'm trying to read more widely uh, just to get more input for stories. And it was a story about someone who turned up with 500 winning lottery tickets in a state lottery in America. And it was sort of baffling that he would have done this. But it's like, no, no, no. He buys 500 tickets of, of every lottery. Every week he buys 500. And he's pouring <laughs> hundreds of thousands of pounds into this so that he can win, you know, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of pounds. Um, so, you know, it, again, it, it looks, when you look at the story first, you just think, mm. how did this guy know? And the guy was a moron because he'd convinced himself he had a system and that he knew which numbers were coming up. <laughs> and he didn't, and he couldn't, and you don't, and it's not possible. Um, but so even he believed the romance of it. Um, but well, yeah, you, so you, you I can't quite that. remember what point I was making, but it's quite a good story. Yeah, it is a good story. It reminded <laughs> me of the, the one I've been trying to get my finances into into some sort of order, but I've sort of read a little bit about how, learning about how the stock exchange works and stuff like that, and actually, and, and how you invest, how you're supposed to invest. And, you know, like, most people have, you know, some money and they might try and invest it, but the, the, the people who make millions and millions are like your lottery man. They, yeah. they put hundreds of thousands in, and they're kind of, they're, they don't really, you know, they, they're not making much at all but there's yeah. there's one thing of the hundred things that they put money into that's just steadily making 10 percent extra every every year and so they yeah. put a little bit more in there into that one and that and, and so you know that that's how they make huge amounts so they're already they're losing it's like you're saying the thing about you know the first 38 jokes being rubbish you know they're losing zillions to get that point so yeah and, and on, to, to, to carry that parallel to writing I think you know what be be aware that all writing is rewriting you know it's not just uh oh i've written a script i've got to rewrite it now you're kind of rewriting from the minute you start thinking i've got an idea and then you put yeah. it down and that's a, you are effectively already rewriting and so mm. nothing that you ever do is ever going to be 100 percent good enough so accept that and uh i thought of a thing which I was very proud of last week. I wrote down first draft, worst draft. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that's um, that's this kind of thing, you know, that I want people to be going around saying, oh, yeah, Dave Cohen, oh, he came up with I've first draft, write worst my, draft. Yeah, I've got to yeah. write my worst draft yet. Uh, you yeah. know, it's like, no, that, that's really helpful. And But also, incidentally, 
Um, I've just found the article. It's called The $30 Million Lottery Scam in the Atlantic, and it's from October the 17th, 2022. But uh, side note, I was trying to read stories that I just wouldn't come across otherwise by reading Atlantic, which is not really my kind of thing, but it is an interesting magazine, just because I wanted to get some fresh input into you know, various plots and ideas. And I think, and again, what sometimes we, is we try to look inside ourselves to resolve a problem that we're facing. We've reached a block because we can't understand. We don't know what the character needs to do next. And again, we've said on this podcast a lot, as we say on this podcast a lot, we've said <laughs> on this podcast a lot, but we, we've, we've said uh, the Rosenthal quote about the characters will give you the answers. But what I'm saying is that if you do reach a bit of a brick wall, it's worth just taking two steps backwards and just looking at how did you get to that that brick wall? You probably need to change something in the setup, the scene before, the scene before that, or the very first chapter of your first book, which has now already unfortunately been published on Amazon, Dave. <laughs> um, but that's okay. Um, you know, just fix it before it becomes a bestseller. Uh, mm. But but so so I think sometimes we think I have to try to make two and two make five. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. Okay, well, find a way of changing one of those twos into a three. Or find a way of changing one two into a one and one two into a four and into a three. And then, you know, or whatever it is, um, you, you just just change, reframe it. Go back. How did you get here? What is your end result trying to be? Think of another way there. Um, so I think sometimes we can just get a bit of a tunnel vision on the, on the problem. Yeah. Actually, it's a bit like trying to reverse into a parking space and you realize that you're in completely the wrong angle. And the only way out is to drive all the way out and then all the way back in again and have another go. And people are staring at you and it is quite embarrassing and it is going to take time. But otherwise, you're scraping your, you know, scraping your hubcaps on the curb and crunching your tires and yeah. risking bumping the, the, the car in front, all that kind of stuff. But, you know... Sometimes we we would rather do that than yeah. show, show our vulnerability in front yeah. of these laughing strangers. And I yeah. think that's another thing. You do kind of have to, you know, you've got to you, you've got to allow that you're not going to. You can't just you know expect it all to go brilliantly and perfectly. Yeah, you know, you've got to accept that. You've got to be prepared to show vulnerability. Yeah. And not, you know, you know that you might get hurt. People might hate what you've written or whatever, yeah. but you kind of have to accept that, I think. Yeah. Um, one other tip, I think, as well, is to, again, remember, it, we, we talk, we're talking about show show business. It's called that for a reason, the show, show business. You know, writing is barely the half of it. You know, get to know the industry, and um, be aware. Take a sort of more professional approach to it. So, so you're not. So you're taking yourself out of the space where my great work isn't happening yet. It's actually, oh well. You know what? Here's an article. Funny enough, there was an article in broadcast last week saying, oh, you know what? There've been 17 sitcoms have been broadcast uh, on terrestrial television this year. You know, sitcoms not dead different ways of making sitcoms are happening now, you know, mm. you and uh, different ways of producing work, presenting work. Um, so, you know, look at, look at the things that are working and think about how you might be able to 
do something rather than be thinking about the how am I going to make the next genius um, yeah. work of art, you know. So, so, yeah. and, and the same way that James is saying, you know, read, read widely, yeah. uh, you know, learn, learn lots of different things. But, you know, especially learn about your own, you know, the, the, the profession that you want to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, I think that really helps because then it just helps you get familiar with the process of it so that you can manage your expectations accordingly. I think that's that's really, really important. In fact, my, my agent sent me that um, uh, that article, you know, as if to give me hope, uh, which is which is really uh, helpful, actually. But um yeah i mean let's let's be honest i mean it's uh the 17 were ghosts mm. dairy girls kate and koji not going out here we go the witch finder the other one am i being unreasonable avoidance inside number nine two doors down hull raisers big boys the curse toast of tinseltown mm. chivalry and the tuckers mm. but what's, and to what's... their credit over half of those are on the bbc yeah and what what's really interesting about that article though as well is it says for instance you know the, the tuckers hardly anyone watched it first time around but it's um it's become such a kind of word, word of mouth thing and it's such a, a, a thing watched on iplayer that it has had it's it, it's getting close to having had as many viewers now as ghosts which is by far and away the most popular from that list mm. But um, you know, yeah, the Tuckers it, has racked up an average of two point nine billion billion sorry million viewers. Yes. It's not that good. Yeah. Two point uh, <laughs> nine million viewers. I mean, that that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, and it just you know, it, people's viewing habits have have completely changed now, and and you know, you might be able to take advantage of that, and you know, yeah. and it's also I think Tuckers is like a BBC Wales sitcom yeah. or something, and it's uh, you know probably made on a budget of. 50p um so you're not gonna you know you're not you're not gonna um pay off the mortgage um or if you're really lucky pay off the mortgage from a week's time when it's gone up twice as much as yeah. what it is whatever but you know it's um you're you're, you're gonna get known you know hmm. um which is kind of as much as we can hope for these days i think yeah so you know again uh, you're not wasting your time writing a sitcom script. People like watching television and they like laughing and they mm. like sitcoms. So <laughs> it is worth um, persevering with that script. Um, we should probably wrap things up. I've got one other thing to say, which I'm going to leave over for our Patreon only extended episode of this, which is all about um, making cuts, um, which I think is is going to be my extra bit of uh, shtick. Um, so um, go and join us on Patreon if you want uh, an extended version of this, which you will have had by now because these episodes are dropped early as well. So we mm. release episodes early, we release them longer, and also you get to join our Discord server where uh, Dave and I also jump in and we have sort of online chats um, as well. So um, lots of reasons to join. And every month we do a masterclass um, where we spend 90 minutes with a small group of people on Zoom uh, going through a particular topic um, or reading each other's scripts and, and commenting on them. And they're, you know, they're really good fun, but also it's a steep learning curve for all of us, mm -hmm. uh, me and Dave included, possibly more than anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Just one thing that I would like to add as well is that um, I've got a new um, little uh, book that's coming out um, separate from the, the book that came out 
uh, last month, the complete comedy writer, um, or sort of earlier, and <clears throat> and uh, it's this is just a kind of guide. This kind of stuff that we've just been talking about, really, it's about how to uh, develop your career, how to look at it through the eyes of, a, of it being like a sort of five year plan rather than kind of being too overwhelmed by the now mm. thing and how to look at this coming recession, not as a, a crisis, but as an opportunity for you to, to start thinking about what, why, how you would like to come out of that recession and become a, a proper professional writer. And that will be, you sign up to my uh, newsletter um, from the website, davecohen.org.uk. And it will be, it's like the free um, book that comes when you sign up. Very cool. So uh, davecohen.org.uk uh, for that. Um, great. Thanks very much for listening. Um, thanks for the British Comedy Guide for hosting this podcast. And we'll speak to you next time. Cheers, Dave. Thank you. Speak Bye. to you soon. Cheerio.